Hello friends, this is episode 74 of the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. Today we're talking TNA Turning Point and it's that rematch between Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. What the hell happened to wrestling? Adam, right off the bat. Okay, for, actually, first of all, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, yeah good. Yeah. Okay, I'm all right, thanks. A little bit emotional. Uh, as you know, I saw Iron Claw today, and at any time, if I think of Kevin, or Zach Efron as Kevin Von Eric, just sitting crying in a field of grass, I might just turn into a blubbering mess. So, Oofed. I apologise if that happens. Okay. Uh, also, MJF is in it for, in a total blink and you'll miss him for two seconds. Right, okay. Which okay. was entertaining. But right off the bat, I wanted to get a little deep with you. Okay. Are you interested in getting a little deep? Well, let's <laughs> let's see where this goes. Let's see what, how deep the waters are. Can I ask you some questions? Yeah. Okay, I've got two questions for you. So I'll ask you them both and you can tackle them how you want, okay? My first question is, what does wrestling mean to you? Take that as deep as you want. My second question is, how often do you watch wrestling? Okay. Okay. Um, I would say I watch wrestling... Mm. Once every two weeks. For for, (laughs) for this podcast. Like, uh, I don't watch any TV... Um, I watched the Royal Rumble. I expect I will watch WrestleMania. Um, so big shows I can sometimes get Ooh. drawn into. Um, yeah, <laughs> don't I don't watch any uh, like TV. I sometimes watch clips. Like I think I've I've almost become a young person that will get sent something as a link and they'll click on that and watch it rather than watch a, a whole show just if someone's deemed a bit entertaining. Um, what it means like I suppose for me it's it's just like a another form of entertainment so um I think when I was a kid it felt like it meant a lot like I cared about who was champion and Mm. I wanted my guys to win and um, I got really drawn into stories and things like that. Um, but as a certainly these last, let's say, ten years, it's kind of just become another thing I sometimes watch. Okay. So, on your answer to the second question, is it not something that you'll, if you have free time, you might stick an old episode of something on, or you might go back and watch an old whatever. I have done, like, uh, probably a couple of weeks ago. It was one of them where it was like, it was a Saturday night in on my own, and I'm trying to decide what to watch. And I think um, I watched something like a Royal Rumble match from 2005 or something like that, because, you know, I just couldn't think of what else to watch. Uh, but I'm probably these days or the last few years been maybe more drawn to like the documentary style things mm-hmm. um, rather than the actual uh, events themselves. 
And you do a lot of podcast listening as well, like sort of wrestling related podcast listening, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I don't want to be this guy, do I? I like uh, the insider stuff a lot of the time, (laughs) but maybe only in certain ways. Like, I like to hear, oh, how did they come to this decision to go with this on that guy? Or, um, you know, as opposed to maybe, you know, bickering and infighting stories, they they can turn me off a wee bit. I'm like, okay, great. Everyone didn't get along, whatever. Um, But yeah, I like hearing, like, I used to really enjoy the, see, before he went back to work for WWF, WWE, the Bruce Pritchard podcast, when he was giving you the story behind the scenes about radicals jumping to WWE, yeah. that that kind of thing. I, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. Nice. Okay. I've just been thinking about it a lot recently, and like I, I, would, I, I tend to watch quite a lot of wrestling, but not like current or anything like that. I don't really mean like that. I mean like, mm-hmm. if same as what you talked about there, about watching a random rumble or mm-hmm. just pop something on for entertainment. I watch my kids sometimes but like really I'd be being dishonest if I said I only watch wrestling with my kids because I watch it a lot Mm. myself Um, I feel like wrestling's a bit of a comfort blanket for me sometimes and it sort of just like takes takes you away Um, I don't know if that's like a like a sort of childhood you know like that's that's where the love for wrestling comes from Mm -hmm. anyway then with, with all this Vince stuff that's happened I've found myself having a sort of, don't know, like a sort of wrestling existential crisis where okay. I have no interest in watching anything WWE related anymore. And I can't quite work out my head. Well, obviously I understand why that is, but then like we've lived through stuff like Owen Hart and Chris Benoit um, and, and other things, Bret Hart getting s- screwed and, Things like that, and it's never ever turned me off. And I've, I, I, I'll, I'll be, honest, I love a Chris Benoit match, and we've spoke about mm-hmm. them on here. Yeah. And I've always managed. I've always, I've never really thought about it, and just sort of thought, that's the wrestling, that's the wrestler versus the horrendous things that they've done. The stuff with Vince, I feel different about and strongly about. Like I say, it's completely turned me off, and I've found where in the past where I would turn to watch something, I've not had something to watch okay so i've started trying to watch like independent stuff um british independent stuff u.s independent stuff whatever and it's kind of i've been sort of forcing myself to watch it and enjoy it whereas don't get me wrong there's good there is good things Mm -hmm. but that sort of story driven narrative isn't there as much as Mm -hmm watching like a week to week or something where you just sort of know what's going on. And I've sort of found myself at a bit of a like, I don't know, I just, I just feel a bit sad. You know, when people, you know, when the Turtles films were made and there were aliens and people were like, you have ruined my childhood, Michael Bay. <laughs> I, I, I didn't feel like that, but to, to an extent, I just kind of feel like this is fucking rubbish like i just feel like i've had something that i really appreciate taken away be interesting like you know when it's probably i don't know what the right way of saying this is when there's a 
you know, confirmation, decision, legal ruling um, on everything that has gone on or alleged to have gone on. be interesting to see if that lingers with you. Like, if the person responsible, well, Vince and anyone else deemed responsible for pretty horrific acts, gets what would be seen as any kind of comeuppance or, or anything mm-hmm. like that, um, would it still linger and i imagine it probably would it's a it's a difficult one it's like i you know i I don't think it's hit me in that way but i think you know you go through loads of things where you're like hmm can i still appreciate this person's Mm -hmm. music can i still watch this actor's films you know all all that kind of thing with particular stuff that's gone on in the last 10 years or so um and i wonder if it it's still very current and it, but the other side of it is there's this feeling that it's tip of the iceberg there's Absolutely. a yeah. lot yeah there's just that feeling mm. and it's funny because you go like I, i've been watching um progress wrestling and then through watching stuff like that and enjoying stuff like that and then reading things and it, there was the speaking out movement and it's like half the roster they ended up cutting mm. ties with because they were also um involved in like nefarious behavior and and just horrible behavior and it's just like so where do you where do you cross the line because go back and watch in for the 80s and half you know like we've we've watched uh, beyond the man the stuff about Mm -hmm. uh, grizzly smith and yeah just like if you're gonna have these sort of moral obligation have these opinions about watching stuff then where do you stop yeah, it's, it's 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 maybe this one particularly difficult because it it feels like this was a world he created mm-hmm. um, for all of us as we were growing up, and uh, we just it all, abused it. Yeah, and with it all being his creation, effectively, that's how it feels. Yeah, um, that it's uh, it's maybe you know almost blanketing the entire the entire business almost. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I like I haven't thought to myself. Like I think when I mentioned to you that I'd watched Rumble and I was probably going to watch WrestleMania, I don't. I think even at that point you were a bit like, mm, I'm not sure if I will be watching WrestleMania. Um, it's still a wee bit away, but uh, I don't think it. I don't think it hit me quite the same way. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely horrific, and I would want everyone involved to pay a hefty price, but. There's clearly going to be victims that there is no justice for. Yeah, well, um, Ashley Massaro yeah. went one of those, and all, yeah. all that's come out. Yeah, since it's so murky, and I see mm-hmm. clips like Triple H. Um, they did some sort of press conference with The Rock and all that, and I just, I see that, and I just think Triple H definitely would have known. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he knows the murky details of every little thing, but he knows some stuff. Almost like uh, it, it, it feels, you know, because The Rock came back and all that, it feels like there's a, a desperate attempt to get everyone to look over here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? uh, yep. um, and it, it feels quite blatant. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's tough. I uh, it, Like, it's... Yeah, like you're saying, it's tough, and I'm sitting here whining um, like a 41-year-old man. Nah, I can't watch my wrestling anymore when there's people probably, yeah. you know, tens, 
hundreds of people had their lives changed by whatever's mm-hmm. happened. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying sitting here saying feel sorry for for me, but it's just reflections on on how it's like. I want to watch Bret Hart matches when I'm tired and didn't want to do anything else, but it yeah. just does. It just doesn't feel the same. Anyway, thank you for taking the. That swim in the deep end with me, I appreciate it. That's all right. I, I was thinking, you know, we, we, we'll probably have time because there's some bits of the show we're going to talk about that I have no notes about. Yeah, well, I, I skipped <laughs> some of it, so yeah, cool. <laughs> Indeed. I was thinking about this, and we'll get into it, but I was thinking about this, and it's, you know, how enthusiastic we were about TNA when we sort of signed off two weeks ago, and it's kind of like meeting a new, a new girl, friend and uh, you know everything's going amazing then suddenly she starts showing our actual character that is what TNA has done to us they yeah. you know like they, they, they don't say thank you to, to waiting staff or something <laughs> like that <laughs> I do I feel like yeah two weeks ago I was in a moment where I was thinking how how did this company not take off massively <laughs> yeah. and I think I now see yeah. where it went wrong I think we had that actual conversation. How yeah. did this snow blow up? Well, yeah, indeed. Brian Armstrong. Is his name Brian Armstrong? Yeah. 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 Had creative control, probably. Um, <laughs> anyway, should we, should we talk about 28 Weeks Later, which is the yeah. um, the follow-on from 28 Days Later that we watched last time and both thoroughly enjoyed. And um, Yeah, this is a sequel. No uh, return for Danny, Danny, Danny. Boyle. Danny Boyle. Yeah. Uh, no return for any of the cast, but this time we've got Juan Carlos Fresnadillo um, directing. We've got Robert Carlyle. Uh, quite an interesting cast, actually. Uh, Robert Carlyle, Rose Byrne, Jeremy Renner, uh, Idris Elba, we had Imogen Poots. Sort of a lot of people which seemed like they were on the come up at that time. Yeah, I was thinking, is it the first time? Certainly some of them, not Robert Carlyle, but a few of them, maybe the first mm. time I, I think I saw them in a, in yeah. a major film. So this is, uh, here's a little synopsis. It's set after the events of the first film. It depicts the efforts of NATO military forces trying to salvage a safe zone in London. Uh, the consequence of two young siblings breaking the protocol and the result in reintroduction of the rage virus to the safe zone. Yeah, how do you, you enjoy 28 Weeks Later? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it's talked before about it being really different from uh, 28 Days. Like, 28 Days felt like, you know, a lot of it was quite this low-key story about these survivors sort of grouping together and just trying to figure out their way to, to navigate through, through life. Um, here... There's obviously, it, I said to you before, it feels a bit more like an action movie. Like there is a lot going on in this film mm. um, from a purely visual sense. I like the story. I think the story had an interesting way of getting you to the point where the virus is outbreaking again. Basically with a, a sort of microscope on one family um, who and a, a pretty despicable cowardly uh, <laughs> dad uh, Robert Carlyle in this instance um, basically leaving the the mum and others for dead uh, just to escape and then um, I, I can't think if we do we even know that they're married at that point we maybe do there may be 
identified as being together, but then the the after the safe zone being uh, identified, his him being reunited with his kids, and then also the the message of uh, the where the the kids go to the family home is that what happens? Yeah, they kind of sneak out to try and find mum, or, yeah. or to to because he said we're going to have to leave home. Yeah. You realise, and they went yeah. home to get all their cool stuff. Um, so them going back and uh, finding what what turns out to be the mother. Um, and <laughs> someone you sent me about Robert Carlyle, the the look when he stole the we we found your wife as well. <laughs> Shocked Pikachu face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the way things transpire from there with the the sort of wrinkle that people can be carriers of this virus without showing the the symptoms themselves, um, and oh, there's something bloody terrifying about Robert Carlyle when he turns. He's so violent and aggressive. Oh, and the, why? Oh. The, the, it's a callback to the first film, the thumbs in the eyes. But yes. we don't need to see. Like we don't need to go to. It. Yeah, because Killian Murphy's character does it just when he he didn't have the rage yeah. virus, he was just attacking all those uh, yeah. the military uh, uh, officers. But yeah, horrible. And not, um, not big on that. Yeah, I, I like the story. I like the you know you've got is it is it Jeremy Renner? Is he is yep. he one of the yeah, yeah one of the military officers who doesn't seem keen on this. Uh, command to kill everyone don't just look for the infected kill everyone and him uh, sort of breaking away and trying to help some clearly not infected people escape and then um, you have that what was I can't remember what her job was actually is that the Roseburn character yeah, she's like some sort of medical yeah I think she's a scientist but she said she was like a medical officer of some description mm-hmm. eh? so she's trying to help these kids to, to safety and then um yeah, there's there's some really good sequences. Like uh, I, t- I talked about it as being like an action film before. Um, there were some moments that I was like, "Oh, that looked pretty cool." Like, oh, the probably, helicopter taking the, it all. The, yeah, the the helicopter that is supposedly you know coming to help Jeremy Renner, and then they agree at a meeting point. But when it he is flying it, and there's all this field full of zombies, and he is. Uh, Taking them out with the with the propeller, it's it looks awesome. amazing. Um, and you know, I I, I like the the story because there's also the interactions between the rage infected Robert Carlyle and his children. Um, yeah, you, that was becoming a little too. I was getting a little bit rose eyes at like the sort of incidental places that he managed to pop oh, yeah. up, just staring at yeah. them. Yeah, they did. They did make that a bit. <laughs> convenient but uh, like these moments where i think you're supposed to be thinking in the film oh you know he's he's gonna see his children and he's gonna almost like snap out of it because there's this expectation of you know these are your children but no no <laughs> nah, he's not for snapping out of it um and then the i i didn't i didn't hate the ending i don't i think you know we talked about the ending of the previous film you know giving you a little bit but maybe you don't know for sure whether mm. they're going to get rescued, get out, whatever. Um, with this almost sort of teasing a happy ending, and uh, the boy has been attacked by his dad, um, and obviously this, you can contract it without showing the symptoms, mm. um, suggesting it has come back to bite them all right in the final scene, uh, which I, I, I quite liked. Yeah, I like that as well. Kind of heartbreaking when he says to his sister, "Am I one of them?" Yeah. And then we get this 
pretty cool looking closing shot of the virus has made its way uh, to Paris and mm. you see a bunch of the rage infected closing in towards Eiffel Tower. I thought that looked yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that would set it up beautifully for a, a European based mm. uh, sequel. Maybe that's where they'll go with 28 years. Who knows? Yeah. Is, do you know, is, is Danny Boyle involved in 28 mm-hmm. years? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Original writer, Danny Boyle, Kelly Murphy, apparently. So. Interesting. Okay. Interesting to see where it goes. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, next time, 20, 2007, we'll be back to for our Bound for Glory series. We'll be talking 30 Days a Night. Nice. Vampires, Josh Hartnett, Danny, what's his name? Houston. Danny what Houston. Hmm? What, what exactly? What? Exactly. <laughs> ben Ben Foster. Let's do this. Oh, ben Foster. <laughs> right. Shall we jump into the impact zone? Okay. Let's. <laughs> that, yeah. Yep. Let's just do it. Okay. So we're, it's in December. We're getting Christmas themed a Christmas themed opening video package. It's very dramatic. I thought. Yeah. Um, Pyro City with. As we come on, and then we're immediately hit with the fake cashmere music, and it's Big Kev coming down to join Don West and Mike TNA on commentary. Um, so shenanigans begin almost immediately. It's this pay per view felt like it's really interesting because we were going year for year, and then. We've decided to go like, let's follow the Angle Joe thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this pay-per-view feels like it's just following the template of successful pay-per-views almost yeah. to the T. So now here we go again with some sort of X-Division nonsensical match. So it's a Paparazzi Championship Series five-man elimination match. We've seen matches with Alex Shelley and Austin Starr as a tag team, the Paparazzi, and Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. Four of them are involved, and Senshi's involved, sort of thrown in there. Um, it doesn't seem connected to the storyline that's been going on. Yeah. Big Kev's obviously involved with the Paparazzi faction. There's points scoring available here. Don't ask me to explain them because... I lost track and also lost interest. <laughs> like, this is not as a match, but I find it quite interesting. Like you say, we were going year by year and then we followed the story, which we, we had no choice. Angle and Joe made us do that. Oh, absolutely. And we've got a, we've had a great, you know, byproduct of that being LAX and, and, and some of the stuff we've seen with them. But, like, I'm done with the joke now with the Kevin Nash and all the X division guys. I'm, I'm I'm done with it. Now, maybe if we'd kept going year on year, I wouldn't be quite as just like, you can only hear the same joke so many times. Yeah. It's not funny. And I feel like the only person Nash is entertaining is himself. Yeah. And I, I, I tried, I tried to pay attention to this, but there was a point quite early on where I lost interest, and it was when Nash was obviously doing a bit where it was all about implying that Sanjay Dutt, who is not a big guy, is on steroids. Yeah, you see, at one point he says, "Look at him, he's on the gas." Yeah, just <laughs> I didn't understand. I didn't like the joke is that Nash is an ex division veteran. 
and he's a massive guy. The joke is that Sonji Dutt is on steroids and he's a tiny guy. We're, um, we're going for low-hanging onions here. Yeah. I am not going to talk through this match because I, like you, lost interest, but we could pick out... So, like, we both liked Senshi, Loki. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I liked him in this match as well. It was like there was four guys sort of dicking about and then he came mm-hmm. in and just went full-on, just like... Yeah. crazy and, and battered people. He's like, I'm not interested in this sort of comic nonsense. Uh-huh. Like, there was, they're, they're obviously, they're doing a little bit of a story here as well about the, the sort of fraction between Shelley and Star, who both seem to still be competing for Nash's uh, attention. Um, I think, so I think what happened here was it was a point system based on whoever was there at the end and the order in which you got eliminated was your okay. points. So okay. I, I think that's how, how it was working. Um, and I assume there are going to be more tournament type things because they were suggesting it was then going to work as a running tally. Um, but yeah, that and you're always going to get a few decent moves in here, but even like the, the way they're presenting it takes away from what you're seeing. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of telling you this isn't important. So... It's like a, a metaphor for Austin Starr's character because he's a brilliant wrestler and I feel like he's over-the-top grandmaster sexy character completely, like you say, it, it says to the, well, it said to me, like, that he's not going to go anywhere, yeah. really. Yeah. Like, I can't understand how, I, I think if he didn't have this silly character, he would be in a Chris Sabin position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he yeah. can wrestle similar and mm-hmm. do all the same stuff. It's weird. Yeah. He does a 450 splash to eliminate Sonji Dutt. It's cool. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we go back to, let's just copy and paste the last finish that I think <laughs> we saw, which is Star on the top rope and Shelly like doesn't yeah. hit, not inadvertently hit some of the camera um, and, and saying she gets the roll up to win. They both they both play a part in the other getting eliminated. Uh, basically, I think maybe Star initially by not doing anything to help Shelley, and then Shelley by straight up costing Star. I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, it's and a shame because there is talent in the ring, but I just didn't care. Yeah, you're maybe getting on your impact shows. You're maybe getting them as a tag team dominating and and smashing mm. up people. Yeah, but all we are seeing, and this is probably our, our own our own fault but all we're seeing is the the really obvious finish where one bangs into each other with yeah. a camera and all that sort of nonsense yeah okay right i'm gonna be honest adam i fast forwarded quite a lot after this but we've got jeremy borash backstage with eric young he's in a pink bathrobe and he appears to be competing in a bikini contest with bobby rube's valley uh, bobby rube but bobby rude's valley am i right yes so I've only really put a note saying, I swear if this tech takes even 10 seconds off the main event, I'll be furious. Um, th- yeah, it's a, it's a bikini contest. Uh, Eric Young, Bobby Roode's um, valley, uh, Mrs. Brooks, is that her name? Um, and, but it's like, a, I assume, I was kind of not listening, but... I think it is a crowd decide who wins the contest. So, yeah, um, Eric Young's going to win. Um, Bobby Roode's furious. <sighs> yeah. Is that it? 
Is that is that is that, is that the yeah. what came out of it? I yeah. He he then tells her at the end that for her to get back in his good books, she has to sign Eric Young to Bobby Roode Incorporated or whatever his company is. His, Stable are oh, so they're not Team Canada, they're obviously not Team yeah, Canada that's, anymore. That's all separated, so I see. yeah, he's... But they were affiliated. That doesn't make sense, yeah. No. Just speak to him, mate. That's, he, was, he was your <laughs> pal, ask him if he wants to join up. <laughs> um, okay, so after that, we get extra cringe on top of cringe. We are backstage with um, a female backstage reporter, is she called Letitia? Maybe. Yeah, that could be right. Yeah. She's standing outside the locker room of Paul Levesque and Michael Hickenbottom. Some fat guy comes along and pins her against the door. That's what my notes say. Yeah, they, they, now, WWE for a while had a gimmick of a guy being all oiled up and just dancing in the back and stuff like that. Did they? But, yeah. So is that what this is in response to? I think so, but I've got in my notes that from the bikini contest to the end of this must be one of the worst ever periods of time on a show. I can't believe Cornette worked for this company. I can't, he's probably given himself an aneurysm. <laughs> it's so bad. <sighs> and it, it, we get more of it later. So we get a video package for Chris Sabin and Christopher Daniels and uh, what's went on since the last time we saw them on pay-per-view with Jerry Lynn. Um, they describe Sabin as Jerry Lynn's most gifted pupil. Um, and I wasn't sure if... Was was Jerry Lynn affiliated with, with Sabin? Yeah, I, I don't know if they were just trying to force that. Did I look up who trained Chris Sabin? Because I was trying to find out if this was a thing. Oh, and okay. I don't think it listed Jerry Lynn. Um, yeah. So I think they were just trying to kind of trying to force it. Are you looking at? Uh, I'm just checking again because oh, I'm okay. sure I checked at the time. So you know, it's it's quite often got for wrestlers who they were trained. Yeah, by. yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah. nah, Scott Scott Demore. Oh really? Yeah. Poor Scott. Another another controversial story. Um, okay, so I really so we've got this. So the next match is Daniels versus Sabin. Daniels is the reigning. X Division title holder. We've got guest referee Jerry Lynn. Uh, on paper, this sounds great. And I really wanted to get into this match, but I, f- I found myself struggling to get into it. One, because I felt like it was a repeat of other things that we'd already saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two, it was a little bit of a spot, 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 spot. And three, because of the Greasy guy and the bikini contest. Just like, I can't be arsed yeah. with this. That's terrible. That's uh, terrible. But this, I, I did think as soon as this came on, I, I don't know. Again, we don't watch the programs in between, but have they done enough to justify doing this again? Is there enough of a reason for these two to be having another match? Because Daniels had dominated so much of the previous match, Andy got mm. the win, and the mm. whole thing was about the lack of respect at the end. Does that get you another match? Um, is that enough? And so that was kind of how I went into it, feeling some of the moves they do, you know, like you'd, uh, a little bit becoming a bit of a spot fest. Um, I do feel like they're trying to tell us a, a story with Sabin where he, he does look like he's got every move, 
and then he gets incredibly easily frustrated when things stop going his way. Um, which, you know, that's fine. You can have that as your, your, your character wrinkle. He's not quite going full Christian from the thump in the mat and having a tantrum, but yeah. he's, uh, he's getting quite annoyed. Um, but it, it all, this whole thing felt to me like they're not doing this for Saban anymore. They're now going to work a different story, and yeah. it's just a way of getting there. Um, which you know that that that's where we get to where so so Daniel retains. Um, I'm always impressed by his moonsault. Oh, fine looking move. Best. Um, and we get uh, Lynn telling Saban again to shake Daniel's hand, but Daniel's is getting a bit frustrated with Jerry Lynn poking his nose everywhere. Doesn't need the respect. He won. He's the champion. Doesn't doesn't matter to him whether he's got Saban's respect or not. And then Lynn and Daniel's get into it and. Lynn, Jerry Lynn slaps him in the face. Yeah, uh, bit much. Yeah, uh, they get separated by the referees, and we're we're obviously going to move in in that direction now. By the looks of it, do you think they're working to to Daniels versus Lynn? Yeah, it felt like it. No, I just yeah. you just wonder why Lynn's not not wrestling. Yeah, and if he's not able to wrestle, then why are they doing this? But hey ho. We won't follow it because we're going about for glory 2007. <laughs> next, anyway. uh, okay, um, the next thing is fast forward fodder as well. We get Cornette coming out. He brings some Chicago White Sox baseball players into the crowd, uh, into the ring. He also brings in someone called David Eckstein, who appears to play for a rival um, MLB team. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? When he first said his name, I thought he said David Epstein. And I was like, <laughs> oh, where, where, where are we going here? They appear to be running an angle where baseball players are fighting with each other. Lance Hoyt comes out to help. What the fuck? What? what? Why was any of this happening? I, I, I was amazed at, like you referenced earlier, I've got a bit of, oh God, it's Cornette. Let's see if he's enjoying this show so far. Uh, but the like I didn't know who there'll be some people who knew who these people were no doubt some people watching but was there anything there for anyone to really care about? No no it's really weird nobody wants to see well speaking for myself but nobody wants to see baseball players pretending to be wrestlers they kind of I always think with this kind of thing you know I, I get done in the right moment it works. Pete Rose. Pete Rose is, is like a perfect example of it done well. Yeah, yeah. He's just there to get choke slammed. Uh, and he takes the move and that's it. Uh, but this is almost, it's almost like they're saying, do you know anyone can come and do this? Nice. That's a really good point. It is. Yeah. Nonsense. Okay. Uh a lot of the storylines going on here feel pretty weak, don't they? Yeah. And the next one I feel is the same. So we've got Rhino backstage. He's very passionate. He's going to beat some sense into AJ Styles. Remind me again what the issue was here. They, they, Rhino they didn't want... really shoehorned this in the last one where Daniels uh, had 
cost Styles in his match or was, was oh, seemed to have cost him in his match. And Rhino's done the run and being like, You're friends, don't don't do this. Don't you know, don't fall out with your friends like I did with Christian. Don't do it. Just, you know, shake hands, make up and uh, that's where AJ Styles called him Doctor Phil and oh, yeah, that's really amazing. <laughs> so it must have all come from that. Um, but it felt really forced. That doesn't explain why Rhino's so passionately angry. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would you not be like, look, I've tried and you didn't listen to me, so like, I don't have to do this, but let's, yeah. like, we're going to have to do this. Anyway, AJ Styles is, I, I'm in, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I am enjoying the AJ Styles sort of veering towards the heel uh-huh. with yeah. his behaviour and he, he interrupts his uh, interview and just starts attacking him, which I yeah. liked. Uh, I liked how you heard the um, the ring bell going whilst they were still backstage. Yeah. Uh, so they can. So that starts the match. They continue. They're, they're brawling through the backstage area. They think Tenay's uh, calling for cameras, and we get the whole like sort of camera backstage chasing about trying to find them. Um, I did think though. Here's another example of a rhino match with somebody that's class in ring, and here they go fighting backstage and all that. Yeah, yeah. We I think we talked about it with. Christian, didn't we? Yeah. In that there, there's there's I think a way to do this match in the ring and have Rhino with his ridiculous power and aggression and all that, and the guy trying to out wrestle him and out quick him and outthink him and all that. Um, so have they just decided Rhino needs to be in nothing but street fight style matches? Kind of feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's extreme week. guy. Yeah, he doesn't need to be. Um, the big sort of part of this match is that AJ is run towards Rhino. Once they eventually brawl through and get into the ring, Rhino dumps AJ up over his shoulder, way high, way up in the air, mm-hmm. over the ropes, and AJ appears to land awkwardly. Uh, he looks hurt. The referee's thrown up the X. I tell you, he got me. Did you get worked? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> they had all the trainers looking at it. It was at that point that I thought this is... No, nah, this isn't the right because, like, people, like, just random guys were like pushing his knee with their thumbs. The, the thing I didn't get was there's loads of refs went down, <laughs> and I'd like it wasn't like an outside of the ring brawl. It was, you know, there's medical personnel there in theory, um, but when the, the loads of refs came down, I thought, well, why, why would that happen? And I thought when all the refs came down, Rhino's going to get out the ring and start throwing the refs out of the way. Yeah. I thought that's what they were, they were, they were there for, for fodder. We're maybe going to get a double turn or something like that. Uh, anyway, AJ tries to stand up. His knee buckles. Uh, so Rhino turns his back to look out at the crowd. And quick as a cat, AJ's back in the ring, rolls him up and gets the win. He Which starts, they, he starts they missed, dancing. They? The, the, the camera kind of missed it. Yeah. I think it was still on the announcers at Dave Pinzer. Um, yeah. And then you kind of hear the count and the, the pinfall going on, and then it flashes back. He's very pleased with himself, yes. is AJ. To know what pointing at his brain and saying, yeah. got you. I liked his dancing on the, on yeah. the, on the ramp. Yeah. I, I didn't hate the finish. I, I just I didn't think it needed to be the kind of match it was. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Um, we're backstage with Letitia. She's chasing clearly Road Dog, dressed as Vince, with his back to the camera. He's got a daft wig on. He's 
Uh, he's talking like Vince and all this sort of stuff. Is this, uh, is that Letitia playing it off like it's Vince? Eh? I I think so. Yeah, I I I feel really bad for this woman. This this is this is a horrible spot for, for anyone to be in. Like we've covered this already. Like this whole thing of like talking to the competition or the the uh, the, the higher up the the bigger company. We've we, we've covered all this. We didn't need to again. It's fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I've just got to stop this now. <laughs> just please. Yeah, it gets worse. Uh, I did like that Rhino and AJ were still brawling yeah. and, and they end up brawling out towards the ring area. This reminded me of, do you remember when Triple H and, and Mankind did this? Oh, yeah. yeah. They sort of just brawled all over the arena, the whole uh-huh. pay-per-view almost. Yeah. That was, was that Canadian Stampede? Oh, it could have been, yeah. Yeah, they definitely faced each other then, so it could have been. That was good. Uh, yes. Arriba la raza. Here we go. We're backstage with Jeremy Borash and LAX. My favourite part of any TNA pay-per-view is the, it's the Conan aggressive political oh. promo. Amazing. He's so angry. Like, it, and it, it seems real. Yep. Like, we talked about before how perfect he is for this role. But, I mean, there's not many... You don't get many promos that come across as as intense and feeling real as Conan's been delivering through through this. It's, no. it's really good. Can you think of Can you think of some promos that feel as real as this? I I'm sure there are. Yeah, but I mean, some some of CM Punk stuff in 2011 probably uh-huh. felt a bit like that. Yeah, I loved some of the. Brett turning on America. Yes, that's uh, what this feels like. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good way. Yeah, the whole stuff about like you basically calling them slobs and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good. That's a good comparison. Nice. Um, aye, it's amazing. And like LAX, it, this presentation's perfect. We spoke about it before. You get Conan going on the offensive, then you get Homicide. Giving you off something. It's just cool. And yeah. Big Hernandez standing there like, oh. do not miss. Yeah. I was a little bit like, I don't think I've ever in my life wanted to watch a flag match. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever thought, oh, yeah, good idea. You're going to have a flag match. But with everything that's gone on, it makes sense. Aye, it here. does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it feels a bit, w- it feels a bit like 1996 WCW. Mm-hmm. Let's just have um, Bossman, you know, cl- remember we got a daft match with Bossman in, in Earthquake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Summon on a pole. Is it like a bag of quarters on a pole or yeah. something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this has got grounding and, and everything. Uh-huh. It's not just a prop. Based on the story, a flag here is significant. It yeah. matters, yeah. Uh, which is great. So the flag match rules, the flag matches are on, po- the, the flags, American and Mexican flags, are on poles on opposing sides of the ring. You have to get your flag down and then hang your flag up using a ladder in the centre above the ring to win. Uh, never heard of a flag match before, I don't think. Have you? Uh, yeah, they, they had, um, did they have one at Canadian Stampede? Was the, Did the Patriot and someone have one, I? Yes. And I've also seen, have I seen Hacksaw Jim Duggan in one? Mm, dear. <laughs> it was it was great. 
<laughs> yeah, we. I think. I think you're right. I think. Aye. Anyway, aye. This was good and chaotic and mental and yeah. everything we've sort of come to expect from LAX and America's Most Wanted, both who were we've become really big fans of. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, there's quite a lot of um, physicality from Gail Kim in this one. Aye, she's Obviously, straight they, into it. They've told us in the build-up, you know, we've seen the clips enough times of her being just thrown. <laughs> no, say it right. What was it? Border toss. Border toss, yep. And, uh, and you obviously know, based on everything that's happened before, that Conan is going to get himself involved in the match. So I didn't hate the fact she was getting involved because it also wasn't, you know, she's not in there overpowering and doing all these ridiculous, unbelievable moves. She is jumping off stuff and trying to land on them. That, mm-hmm. that is basically what she's doing, um, just to try and give her team a moment, you know, a, a, a little advantage. Uh, Felt quite Lita with the Hardy Boys sort yeah. of role, didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. It probably wasn't my favourite match between them, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, there was... I, I, I wondered right at the start, I suppose there's two ways you could have gone with this in terms of outcome, because LAX have been dominant. They have been winning. Uh, they've been on the streak. Uh, they must have got stripped to the titles. Is that right? That's what oh, Cornette that's right. said was going to yes, happen. Aye. Yeah. Um, so, like, nobody's been able to beat them to take the titles off them. And they've been dominating what are considered to be top teams. So I did wonder, are they going to give uh, America's Most Wanted a win just to, you know, keep things going? Mm-hmm. But the other side of it, to just almost put a stamp on everything that's been and done with their dominance is just have uh, LAX go over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, like, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, oh god, I hope this team or that team win this. Um, I did, I got, I got quite into it. Um, I've become a huge fan of Hernandez. <laughs> Amazing. He's just an absolute beast. He's, he just, I think I was it him that that I compared to Brock Lesnar. Last yeah. time, I, yeah. and I still get that, but more mobile. Believe it or not, there's a there's a suicide dive mm-hmm. at a point, um, over over the top. Uh, oh, this guy! I just love them as a tag team. I just think, yeah, everything that they do together just complements each other. And then mm-hmm. with Conan, but I feel the same about America's Most Wanted. I become a you, huge fan of Chris Harris. Yeah, you you've got um. Hernandez, like, uh, I've just got a, a point in my notes. LAX are just fucking class. <laughs> yes. uh, because the, the teams are matching up really, really well, I think, early on. And then Hernandez just starts throwing people about. And he's, uh, he throws Harris into a ladder at one point. And then I think it's really quickly followed by three amigos suplexes by Homicide. Amazing. Um, and it's, I don't know, it just they just work so well. Ah, love this. So, much like we've seen before, Pete Williams got involved the last time when LAX were going to burn the American flag. Canadian man, Pete Williams, stood up and said, this isn't happening on my watch. Here he is again. He tries to stop uh, one of the guys getting the flag up. I think it's Hernandez, is it? Yeah. Um, how, who stops him? Does somebody so- nail him? He gives a so a, Petey Williams down gives a Canadian destroyer to Conan. Oh dear! And Does he, but, did he? Yeah, 
I'm sure I, I read that Conan was like in the last pay per view he was getting pissed off about anyone being physical with him because really? he had injuries. I, it was Jeff Jarrett's podcast when he said it on right. it. Actually, he yeah. threatened to walk out. And then Hernandez basically knocks his uh, his head off with a clothesline. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oofed. And the finish here, it's really difficult to describe this match because it's just mental. Mm. Yeah, a lot of mayhem. But the finish, uh, Harris is. Uh, yeah, Harris is climbing. Harris and Homicide, I think, are climbing yeah, both, the ladder yep. both to get their flags up. Mm. Storm tries to nail. Homicide with a with one of his beer bottles, yep, and ends up hitting Harris by mistake. Um, so it's, yeah, I think it's played that he, he connects with Homicide and a shard of glass. Oh, gets in Harris right. into the eye of yeah, nice, yep. and that leaves the way for Hernandez to to stroll up and hang the Mexican yep. flag. Yeah, and then there's the I thought quite well done. Um, bit between Gail Kim uh, Storm Harris and, and Petey Williams where Storm is is really got it in his mind that this is Harris's fault and that he there's nothing wrong with him he's just you know it's another excuse type thing while he's laying there on the ground clutching his eye Gail Kim is shrieking at him um, at, uh, Storm for what he's done mm-hmm. Petey Williams is stepping in like He's got glass in his eye, um, and Storm just isn't. He's not having it. He's, he's, he's just basically like, I've had enough of this guy and storming off. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, and he's, uh, we're obviously, I think, it it at that moment made more sense to even more sense to me that they put over LAX because we're kind of done with the MW now because mm, they're clearly going to be on opposite sides by the by the looks of it. It's a shame, isn't it? I think it it is, but I don't mind the way it came about, which is almost like, is it pure frustration that there's this other team they cannot beat? Mm -hmm. Um, Are they now blaming each other for the fact they just cannot beat this other team? Obviously felt like they had to try and go to extreme measures to do it. Uh, Poor Homicide's got a blood towel over his head when they're doing the Mexican uh, anthem. Um, And... uh, I feel like maybe if there is this dominant team that they can't beat, then where do you go with them as a team? I think there's going to be another... Like I don't know how quickly it happens, but I'm pretty sure beer money team won't be that far away, which right. will be Bobby Roode with Storm, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder where Harris goes. Yeah, Surely straight to the run. top. Harris Viango. Well, that's, that's, that's maybe next, but, but we're going to jump ahead. Okay. Oh. Um, what what I like about what happens after it is Conan grabs a mic and he says, you know, like uh, uh, America's Most Wanted are sort of retreating out of the, the arena because of what's happened. And Conan grabs a mic and he says, you're the first American team to ever lose a flag match. You better stand there and respect the Mexican national anthem. And it'd be so easy to make Conan's character just seem like a kind of ignorant Mm-hmm. gangbanger type character but he comes across as really intelligent yeah which I love as well yeah like they, they also do the so he's, he's, he's telling everyone to stand for the anthem he's telling the announcers to stand for the yeah. anthem, anthem and they say I think it's Tanae says um, that he 
respects Mexico and he respects the people, but he does not respect uh, Conan and LAX. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was well done. And and Conan looks absolutely delighted when they're playing oh, the yeah. national anthem. Yeah. He's even he keeps like having a go <laughs> uh, homicide to stand properly while he's like holding the towel. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, from the sublime to the oh no, I thought we were going to the um, Billy Gunn and, and Road Dog thing, we're, uh, but no, we, we we jump from gold to gold. It's Jeremy Borash yeah. backstage is with Christian and Tomko. Welcome, Tomko, to the journey. Uh, I love Tomko. I love how loyal he seems to be to Christian. There's never <laughs> that worry that he's going to pull a, a Nash and, and, you know, like usurp his the guy that he's sort of helping. He just seems like uh-huh. he, he's 100% loyal to Christian. Yeah. Um, they're such a good package. Mm-hmm. Tomko knows a dirty little secret about Abyss. Yeah. I'd love for you to speculate what that could be right now. Did they not describe it as something horrific and embarrassing for him and the company? And I'm like... The guy's a... a, What did he do? A murderous maniac or something? Like, what could it possibly be that he does ballet? (laughs) You you missed a little bit before that. They go to uh, Jeremy Borash trying to get a chat with Lance... With uh, Not Lance Storm. uh, James Storm. James Storm. Oh, sorry. Um, who tears into Harris for quitting and letting him and all Americans down. Oh, wow. And he gives him until Thursday to come out on TV and apologise to everyone. Ooh. Oh, man, I think I missed that. I like that. Then that's when we go to this fucking absolute dog (sighs) shit with, with Billy Gunn and Road Dog, isn't it? Yeah. They come out, they're supposed to be dressed as DX... They've got like face masks on to make them look really old. Yeah. Because Shawn Michaels and Triple H are really old at this point, apparently. It's awful no matter how you look at it. But the fact that they do like a piss takey, jokey segment mixed in with a we'll fight you in yeah. a real fight, by the way. Uh huh. So it's just. Baffling. I, I remember hearing like Road Dog speaking about all this, and he's he's not doing great <laughs> at the time this is happening. He's incredibly bitter. He believes, or he believed that them firing him for his drug addictions was wrong. Um, I think they'd offered him rehab and all that, but he was adamant he didn't have a problem, and then, oh, right. so he was let go. Um, and he's like talked about like looking back, and he's like. These these people, this company, you know, regardless of what anyone thinks of them at this moment in time, were very good to Road Dog. <laughs> they gave him a chance, they gave him a job, they gave him, you know, a pay, <laughs> um, they gave him a platform and all that. But at the moment in time, he's just so bitter. And he said that they, for whatever reason, them doing a DX reunion, which I think they'd done with, with Michaels and Triple H, yep. just drove him nuts. And he's saying that this is all an unhinged version of himself really saying what he thought in the moment, um, which I, I, I believe he looks back on with a lot of regret. Um, and I think Billy Gunn was just going basically along for the ride. Yeah, I was going to say, what's Monty Sop's uh, excuse? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's so bad the way it like you say doing this sort of part comedy and then but I am serious speaking to the camera right now. You know this is serious this bit. So listen. And like this is fake, by the way. But we will fight you in a real fight. Yeah. Shut up. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's when we're backstage with Borash and Christian and Tom Coso. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we go into our NW heavyweight title match again. We've got the title second last on. Mm-hmm. Um, again, probably the right decision. To be fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a triple threat match. It's Sting. The Monster Abyss, the champion, and Christian. Yep. Still loving Sting. Still loving the look with the red, dash of red in the face paint. Yeah, yeah. Loving Tom Coe and his involvement in this match. I, I, I like that even though they've got, you know, the talent that they've got and he's not champion, they never in any way belittle Christian's claim or credentials pointing it. They point out quite quite well he's never been beat. Mm-hmm. He, he became champion. He didn't lose it. He has a legitimate claim to, you know, being champion. Um, so much as he's, you know, a heel and he's got his heavy with him, they're never playing down why he's in the match or yeah. his his claim to, to be champion. Yeah, it's that good that thing that we talk about, like a heel a good heel believes he's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um we're getting a little bit blueprinty with um abyss matches again at this point. But what what did you think of this match overall? I mean I didn't think it was a good I thought it was okay. I thought it was entertaining enough. Um I feel like there must be something better to do with Sting a little bit. Yeah, like he, you would have thought he would have been, I don't know, special attraction type guy by this stage rather than being in a triple threat for the title. Maybe it's because he's just lost it. And maybe, you know, we talked before when he took it from Jarrett about that maybe being a, we have to get the belt off Jarrett just now because uh, he needs yeah. to go away. And, yeah. and and maybe they just felt like that was the time. So maybe it was always the plan, short reign, he gets involved in a return match of, of sorts uh, to, to get an opportunity um, but yeah it's it's not like it. it's not like the way he maybe could have given someone else the rub in a one on one program mm-hmm. uh, which which might have been a, a, a better use of him um, I do like there's a there's quite a bit of James Mitchell on the go again here that's Love that guy. Um, do, do you ever think James Mitchell looks like a mini Drew McIntyre? Yeah, I can see that. I hadn't spotted it before, but I can see that. I've yeah. got my notes. I wonder if James Mitchell's ever been to air. Well, <laughs> yeah, it, it seems it seems likely. Yeah, uh, I could. <laughs> I don't, are they doing? Are they doing the thumbtacks thing as a joke now? I don't know. Surely. It never goes well for him. He always, like, it seemed this time like it was James Mitchell trying to force the thumbtacks on a bit. Yes. He's got Sting where he wants him. And James Mitchell's like, no, 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 remember, we need to do the tax. (laughs) That's Uh, just bad managerial skills from James Mitchell. It was, yeah. Yeah. 
our boy Christian takes quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of bumps in this match. He does. Yeah. Tom Corey is involved quite a lot. Yeah. It's, it's funny when a biscuit's in the ring, Tomko's like aggressively in his face. Uh-huh. Maybe the secret has something to do with Tomko um, and his past because he seems pretty angry. He's got something to avenge. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I think, four instances of uh, Tomko getting himself involved in the match while Christian's laid out or getting his ass kicked. Aye, Christian's not really, doesn't get a whole lot of uh, offence on, does he? Nah. Um, Shall we go to the towards the end here? We've got, like we said, we've got Abyss. He's got Sting where he wants him. He's going to choke slam him. James Mitchell stops him, brings in the the tax. Uh, in a horrible turn of events, Abyss ends up getting curb stomped onto them by Tomko. Yeah. Yep, that couldn't have possibly went worse for him. <laughs> um, I thought the ending was poorly done. We've got a uh, sting coming off the ropes towards Abyss. Christian's sort of loitering behind them, and um, Abyss hits the is it a black the black hole slam, basically the boss man yeah. slam, yeah, uh, on Sting, and Christian kind of gets knocked out of the ring mm-hmm. inadvertently by this, and uh, Abyss gets the win. I was absolutely astonished Abyss got the win and was still champion. I, I, th- I thought they might have been putting it back on Christian here. Uh, but, you know, the way the match went, it never looked all that likely. But, yeah, poor, poor Abyss. I, I did think, you know, if you're... Because there, there was a sort of segment of Sting talking about how Abyss was a human and he needed to stop just being a monster for James Mitchell. And I thought, well, at least they've, they've done the thing with the tax where it, it looks like, you know, Mitchell's um, perverse ideas about, you know, what, what should be done here rather than just winning the match was costing Abyss. Um, so I, 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 if they were going to make a thing out of that, at least there was a little, a little element of that in there. Um, but he still won. He still retained. So much as he got a faceful attacks, Mitchell didn't really cost him in the end. So in January at Final Resolution 2007, the the main event is Christian versus Abyss versus Sting again. And this time Christian wins the title. Yes. Interesting, they went to a, a rematch. Yeah. You don't often get that, do you, from a triple threat, a rematch of that same triple uh-uh. threat? I've got, I've got terrible news for you. Mm-hmm. Also on Final Resolution 2007 is a 30-minute Ironman match to determine the number one contender to the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Kurt Angle against Samoa Joe. What? <laughs> Did you know but- that, no? But they've been telling me all along. Well, Kurt has, and he's just about to again that this is the last match the two will ever have. God damn it. I oh. thought he had integrity. I was... <sighs> so there we go. Do you want me to tell you who won? Yeah. Kurt won 3-2. Okay. Okay. There we go. Let me, let me watch that at some point. LAX defeated Team 3D. Ah, good. James Storm defeated Pete Williams. Okay. Chris Sabin defeated Christopher Daniels and Jerry Lynn. Oh, wow. They went 
they went right now against AJ Styles again in the last man stand. See, I'm glad we we didn't. Yep. Yeah, we shouldn't be following this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, might, I might still just seek out that one match, the Angle Joe, and give that a watch. Yeah, thirty man Iron Man match sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, back to our, back to our our, um, our thing here. So, so yeah, that's interesting that they put the belt on Christian after this. Strange yeah. why they wouldn't have just done it here, but hey ho, mm-hmm. they have a yeah. plan, I'm sure, or a Russo. Uh, backstage with our boy Borash again, he is sitting down with Angle in the locker room, and certainly one of the three eyes is on display here. He's oh, fully yeah, intense. Yeah. And yeah. do you think he's not allowed to say it's true? It's true. Maybe. maybe. Because yeah, it's maybe real. It's damn there. real. Because, like, I've liked pretty much everything they've done in the story with these two. Again, it it never came across as uh, anything more than just this desperate desire to be the best and prove that you're the best by Mm -hmm. beating the best. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked, you know, in ways he's a good talker in ways he doesn't always come across as the most natural talker, but he's, uh, he's talking about, the fact that he'd previously said no to the second match. You know, he, he refused to shake the hand at the end of the last event and um, said that he, he, he was done, he'd won, so what more do they need to do? Um, he's talking about his experience in the Olympics and uh, losing a match to somebody that he then got a second opportunity against and, and beat on his way to winning the gold. Yeah, that's a, a, and that's a true story. I love the way they've... They've yeah. wove that in there. Really good. Yeah. Um and they they sort of then start like cutting between Joe speaking and Angle speaking, um, which I liked. And he, Joe's talking about being unstoppable for eighteen months and the fact that he, he lost the match kinda almost freed him, you know. Mm-hmm. He's he's not worrying anymore about an undefeated run. <laughs> he now needs to go in and, and, and win. Um, yeah, I, I like the whole. We, we talked about it the last time when you big up your opponent, it is something. When you beat them, when yeah. you belittle them, it's like, well, who did you beat? Yep. And so, yeah, I like this. Yeah, it, uh, it almost makes me a little bit angry that Samoa Joe's not like the greatest thing to ever happen to professional wrestling. Uh, he's just... he, he, he is a bit. He's, he's like underrated, isn't he? Like, uh, I, I would say I know so. He, He's having his, his his sort of second big run, I think, just now in in AEW with with the title, um, and but it feels like they were wasted years, maybe. Like, cause he was at WWE and they had him in some decent level programs, but he was never the guy, and he was never going to yeah. be the guy. I think. Um... I think when he was in NXT, we've watched an NXT pay-per-view. He was on, remember oh. him and Finn Balor had a great match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like Triple H knew what he was. Mm-hmm. And as is the story with so many, that round about that time he went up and, and just sort of dwindled Yeah, uh, in and about the sort of US title and uh, that sort of picture. It's a shame. They ended up making him like a commentator for a while. They did, yeah. Yeah. He is a good talker. Like it's not against that, but you know, you, you watch his work in the ring, and if he can be in the ring, he should be. Hundred percent. So physical, right? Let's yeah. talk this match. 
Um, what do you think it compared to the last one? I think I preferred the last one, but it's actually really different, which I was happy with. Um, there's a lot in here that that they didn't show and didn't do mm. in match one. Um, I've moaned before about them referencing WWE as, as a company, but they do it here in a way that makes sense. They're talking about Kurt Angle six times world champion yeah. in another promotion i've no issue with that. that that's absolutely fine everyone that's watching knows that it's mm-hmm. you know it's uh it's not taken away from it yeah um, it makes it feel a bit like uh, it's relatable and, and real and yeah 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 uh when we talked before about the fact that it felt like the tna guy against the wwe mm-hmm. guy saying that just adds to that um they're talking about a lot and it's it's something he is doing that that felt a little bit different but the way that angle seemed to want to control the match on the mat Mm -hmm. um which added something different um it it never felt like it was to the same extent in in match one there's moves right this i think is an example of how wrestling can be done because there are moves like clotheslines, there are moves, you know, fairly basic moves, but everything that's done felt important. Mm-hmm. It didn't really matter whether it was a high-impact move. It felt like it had a purpose, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't just doing a whole bunch of moves for, for, for the sake of it. Nice. I will put, I liked, it felt like everything... I don't know if this is the same thing as what you're saying. It felt like everything was really impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, there was times where they collided and it felt felt real. Like it yeah. felt like Angle was legitimately putting everything in to knocking him down. Yeah. Um, Joe, want, is it Joe that, Joe that takes Angle around the ring and just slams his head off the stairs or is it the other way yeah. about? I, th- I think so there's twice that they go out quite early on the first one angle gets control i think it's the second time that joe basically turns the tables and yeah he just starts throwing uh-huh. angle and and yeah the one over the steps look quite nasty actually I, I, I don't know i would love to be a fly on the wall but between the conversations between them maybe before and after mm-hmm. um you wonder how much liberty they're taking with each other or if it's just yeah. a case of like let's just Let's just sort of go for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I loved uh, some of Angle's amateur wrestling stuff, single leg takedowns. And like you said, he's just sort of controlling Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like Joe could do nothing about it. Yeah. Uh, which was great. This felt this felt really physical. I can't remember mm-hmm. if we said that last time. Yeah. I th- again, I think they were just really different. Was it you that said in the last match... The angle actually asked for less time mm-hmm. because he, he didn't early, want yeah, them yeah. to get everything uh-huh. in, in in match one, uh, which I think is a great move because much as I'm maybe part of the reason I prefer match one is because it's match one, um, mm. but this felt like it was telling a little bit of a a different story, almost like they've had the first match, they've gone away and strategized about how they think they can best beat the other um and then they've come back in slightly different tactic and plan and mm-hmm. all that uh, which again that all feeds into my enjoyment of it because it seems logical that that's what you would do yeah um, yeah I, I love some of the 
there's moments where it just turns to almost like pure aggression. And they both do it at times. Um, But they both do it so convincingly. There's a, yep, there's a point where it's it's not even angles just sort of uh, sitting against the ropes. And Joe is tearing towards him. An angle moves and Joe takes the full impact to the top rope almost on his neck and whips back. And, like, that's just about as basic as it gets, and it, mm-hmm. it looks, like, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks, again, it looks real. It looks like he didn't know that he wasn't going to be there, and he, he mm-hmm. goes whip, whipping away backwards. Yeah. Uh, Angle hits the, the German. He manages to hit the trio of German suplexes yeah. this time. Yeah. Um, towards this point, we start going into what could potentially be a sort of obvious back and forth of um, ankle submissions, coquina clutch attempts, but it doesn't feel like it. It just feels like desperate attempts to try and best the other mm-hmm. the other guy and try and beat him. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's some really good, there's moments and it, it, it all comes together near the end, but there's some really good moments where I think Joe is quite brilliantly, selling his desperation like he has to win in his eyes like there's no option but to win this match because he's he's talked at the start about losing his streak and having to start again and Mm -hmm. in his mind you know you start at one and you have to win the first one um and obviously all the story is there's only going to be two matches so he's he can't lose he can't lose two nil um and they get there there's a I think a muscle buster attempt uh, by Joe, which Angle counters Mm -hmm. into uh, a roll-up and then grabs for the ankle lock. Um, And there's this look on Joe's face, which is, I don't know, it felt a little bit different from the first match. It felt like I can't can't let him get this on me. Um, And that that should be your reaction if you're in a match against Kurt Angle. You know, you you shouldn't just be like, yeah, okay, (laughs) there you go, put it on. Yeah. Is at that point, I think I've put my notes how much the crowd are into it when, when Joe's yeah. trying to get to the ropes. Yeah. And he's in between sort of desperation of not to tap because he's in so much pain and mm. I must get to these ropes. And he's quite far away from them. Yeah. Like, like everybody you can see on their feet shouting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Excuse me. See, in match one, did Joe ever actually get the coquina clutch on Angle? He did. He got it on and Angle put the ankle lock on whilst That's he was right. in it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there's obviously you're talking about the the sort of the back and forth with each of them a few times attempting their, their submission move. Um, but I thought there were some quite like innovative ways used like a there's i'm trying to remember exactly what happened angle does he have the the leg uh, but he's standing above joe and joe basically knocks his feet away to to have him fall down down. on top of him yeah Yeah, that was brilliant i love that yeah and they're they're rolling about you know like i think uh, joe goes for a kimura at one point and it's all like sort of um jiu-jitsu type moves that they're going back and forward with as well. There's the stuff mm-hmm. like Angle 
uh, scissoring, completely scissoring the leg, and the commentators yeah. do a really good job of like, say, like, oh shit, that's it, now. that's it, yeah, yeah. And and okay. going back to what you were saying about them, like going back to drawing board and, and thinking about what they did right and what they did wrong, and and Joe a couple of times rolls properly rolls away for the ankle lock in a way where like I've scouted this and I can get away from it, mm-hmm. which can put doubt in the mind angle as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get the classic Joe on the top rope and Angle running up the ropes and suplexing him off the top. Yeah. Um, Joe, they, we, we get a ref bump and as as Joe is bent over <laughs> trying to help the ref up, Angle just walks up and and just volleys him in the nuts. It's it's almost like like the the, the commentators do quite well selling the shock, like. That is unbecoming of an Olympic champion. Because he's, he's, he's there, but he's not really, he's not a heel. <laughs> no. And he is your wrestler. He's, you know, he's an Olympic gold winning wrestler. And today was like, I can't believe he did that. Like he's, he's a bit it's horrified so by it. latent the way he does it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nice. That's better than the classic sort of heel, you know, the, the China-esque low blow where it's yeah, so... sneaking up from behind. Aye. Yeah. Swing yeah. the arm in slow motion. That's brilliant. Um, they and, do uh Go on. Uh, so while the ref's down, because I, I, I had a theory in my mind about how this match would end, but I, I wasn't 100% sure in terms of winner. But um, the, the ref is uh, obviously selling the eye um, and Joe gets the Coquina clutch on, on Angle and he's tapping. Um, and the, the ref, you know, is out of commission. Yep. And uh, Joe releases it, I think thinking he's won the match because he's seen Angle tap Angle and tapping. then he realises the, the, the ref's down. So he's, he's going to try to, to, to get him back up. Um, this kind of thing at times feels like it's been done badly. I thought it was done quite well here, like mm-hmm. just about everything in the match. Uh, but we got um, Angle then, I think, with the, the frustration he's nearly beat, he's then done the low blow or he knows he tapped out. Uh, and he goes to get a steel chair. And um, the announcers are, are selling that as the reason Kurt Angle is doing this is because he tapped out and he knows he tapped out and he's frustrated and he just wants to, you know, do whatever he needs to do now to, to win the match and kind of almost get his pride back because, mm-hmm. you know, Kurt Angle tapping out seems like a bigger deal than, than pretty much anyone else doing it. Um, although I did think, so he swings the chair, Joe moves, the chair bounces uh, off the ropes and, it it was it was almost like a Hogan doink. Uh, it didn't quite Angle's work, face. did it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I don't I don't think he's a guy that deliberately goes soft on any move, even on himself. But no. he's obviously just misjudged how that would work. Um, yeah, so he hits himself, like you say, with a chair, and Joe is there behind him to pull him into the coquina clutch, and an angle eventually taps. I thought they might do the thing where he goes out. Yeah, so he's, he's not actually out. tapped, but there's yeah. the, the the clean win each way. Uh huh. Yeah, because um, he, he reaches for the boot as well to try and see if he can get the ankle lock to to try and release it. But I think Joe like straightens his leg, um, yeah, and hooks it around his other leg. Actually, that's what he does so that Angle can't can't grab it. Amazing. Um, yeah, very good. Very. He was. And he, he sold being massively pissed off and frustrated at the Ed uh, angle. And you had uh, 
Joe basically as your he just wouldn't quit hero. He he, he refused to lose yeah. um, and just kept going. What did you prefer, this or match one? I don't think I could pick. Both very, very good. I feel like both are like an example of just sort of like a perfect wrestling match. My, Since... my, worry, my biggest worry was they would just do the same match again, which absolutely did not happen. Mm. I loved how physical both matches were. Mm-hmm. This felt more physical. I felt like Angle was angrier. Mm-hmm. Joe was a bit more methodical this time rather than he was he was powerful the first match here he was a bit more methodical yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard uh, great. Angle speak really positively about Joe on his podcast and he's, he's, he says look that of all the opponents I ever had in my career the only ones I ever felt could match my intensity were Benoit and Joe mm-hmm. um, and he, he said uh, that you know you might get a cut or a scratch or whatever but for Joe, for what he is, for the size of guy he is, and the impact and the intensity of the moves, says he's he's light as a feather. That doesn't amazing. hurt you. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. What a pro? Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do you prefer these matches over his Michael's match? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I like I, I remember Michael's match being very good. I remember you know one of the Benoit ones being excellent, but. I think I'd maybe just edge these above. Aye, me too. These, these, like, you see Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joan Paper, you shouldn't be surprised, but they've surprised me Mm -hmm. just at how good they were and the way that they built the angle uh, and the intensity of the rivalry has just been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Great stuff. Oh, well, I mean, a total mixed bag, total (laughs) mixed bag, but I think... Even if there'd been nothing else in the pay per view, I'd have been happy, happy at the end. Yeah, yeah. Like the 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 nonsense feels like it's creeping up and creeping up, but you you can't help but cut, like switch off happy having seen these yeah. matches at the end of the shows. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, do you, I was just thinking, do you want me to sort of quickly run? through what happens between now and the next um, Bound for Glory that we're going to go to next. Yeah. A very quick uh, tour of Wikipedia. Like I say, we've got <clears throat> we had Angle and Joe in, in January, and that was to determine the number one contender. You have Christian win the title. So I guess in February, against all odds, we're going Angle-Christian. Christian Cage defeated Kurt Angle. So that's a slight shock. I wonder, just looking to see if I can see where Samoa Joe is on the card. We'll see him. Oh dear, Sting versus Abyss Abyss in a prison (laughs) prison yard match. Oh dear. James Storm and Jacqueline Moore defeated Petey Williams and Gail Kim. They're still going AJ Styles Rhino in a Motor City chain match. This... This Christy Hem defeated Big Fat Oily Guy in a tuxedo match. Oh, no, no, no. Jesus no, Christ. No. Uh, let's move along to March. Destination <laughs> X pay per view. Christian Cage defeated Samoa Joe. Kurt Angle defeated. <laughs> Angle defeated Scott Steiner. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, this is just this thing defeated Abyss in a last rights match, whatever that may be. 
We've got a get a ghetto brawl between LAX and Team 3D. Senshi defeated Austin Starr, accompanied by Bob Backlund, in a cross-face chicken wing match. Wow. Holy <laughs> mackerel. Where are we? April. We've got Scott Steiner on the poster, so you know it's going to be good. <laughs> what have we got here? Ooh, we've got Team Angle versus Team Cage in the, the main event. Team Angle being Angle, Joe, Rhino, Sting and Jeff Jarrett. And they defeated Christian, AJ Styles, Scott Steiner, Abyss and Tomko. Okay. Harley Race as the gatekeeper in a lethal lockdown match. Hey. Every match is a six sides of steel match. Is that why the pay-per-view is called Lockdown? Am I being an idiot? I'm assuming it is, yeah. James Storm defeated Chris Harris in a Six Sides of Steel blindfold match. (laughs) Fuck me. (laughs) Team 3D defeated LAX in in an electrified Six Sides of Steel match. Let's move on to the summer. We're in June. We've got Kurt Angle defeating Sting and Christian for the title. Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. Still got LAX in the title picture. We've got Scott Steiner and Tomko as a, a tag team now. Holy mackerel. Oh, a Texas death match between Chris Harris and James Storm. Let's move along. Slammiversary poster is amazing. It's um, it's like a a, a gimmicked up version of the Walk the Line poster, but it's Jarrett with a okay. with a guitar on his back. Okay. Yeah, we've got a King of the Mountain match. We've still not seen one of those. <laughs> Kurt Angle defeated Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Christian Cage, and Chris Harris. So who's missing there? Sting, Abyss. Hey, Victory Road. When's that? July. There's no title match on this card. There is a tag team match for the... Oh, Adam, I can't work this out. A tag team match for the TNA World Heavyweight X Division and World Tag Team Championships. Wait, what? Is there... Wait. Is there an X Division Tag Championship or does it mean the X Division Singles? So Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe take on Team 3D for the tag team titles. Angle is world champion. Samoa Joe is ex-division champion. So So if Team 3D win, do they win those titles? Is that that how... uh, Maybe. Or if like Bubba pins Samoa Joe, he then becomes ex-division or... Okay. I don't think that's going to happen, but okay. It's not good. See, this is where you realise that you're quite happy just one year to year, isn't it? Uh, what we're now, Hard Justice in August. So we're getting close. Kurt Angle defeats Samoa Joe. The main event is a singles match for the TNA World Heavyweight, IWGP Heavyweight, TNA X Division and TNA World Tag Team Championships. <laughs> wow. So Kurt Angle, the world at TNA World and IWGP Heavyweight Championship champion, defeats Samoa Joe 
the X Division and Tag Team Chamber. Oh, Andrew Martin's on this pay-per-view. He's oh. in a Doomsday Chamber of Blood match. Obviously. Okay. Yeah. Someone called Black Rain is, is here. Do you know who Black Rain is? Black Rain <laughs> is Gold Dust. He yes. is. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, dear. Oh, that's okay. So we are now in September, a month before we'll pick this up. Pac-Man Adam Jones is on this. Who's Pac-Man Adam Jones? He played for the Cincinnati Bengals. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, Kurt Angle defeated Abyss by submission for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Thank God we've not, we've, we've got away from the multiple title matches. AJ Styles and Tomko defeated the motorcycle machine guns for to become yeah, number yeah. one contenders. What's that? AJ and Tomko. Mm. Christian okay. Cage defeated Samoa Joe. Jay Lethal defeated Kurt Angle. What? What? No. Oh, I have heard him speak about this. This was this was for the X Division title. That's right. And Angle went against TNA management. What and he put wanted him over. to defend oh really? Yeah. Is this when he was black machismo or is that I don't I don't know. All I know is that Angle loved him and um he didn't want to be carrying all these titles. He didn't didn't want to be X Division champion and all that. Um but they wanted to keep all the belts on him for a bit longer but he he basically uh went into business for himself or for Jay Lethal, whatever mm. way you, you look at it, um, and told the ref that <laughs> there was going to be a change to the finish. Brilliant. We've got Robert Roode <laughs> defeating Kaz. Oh, Kaz. So Frankie Kazarian has went from Frankie Kazarian to Kazarian just to Kaz. Just to Kaz. So I'm looking for him in the next one just to be K. Just, just K, yeah. Should we do, do, do you want to know the card for Bound for Glory? Yeah, Aye? yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay, yes. Oh, okay. TNA World Tag Team title, number one contendership, Ultimate X match. LAX versus Triple X. You're Triple X. Triple X are Elix, Skipper and Senshi. Okay. So that sounds like it's got potential. Uh, A fight for the right tournament, reverse battle royal. What does that mean? I'm sure... I'm sure I've heard Jarrett and Conrad talking about this before and it's basically they all start outside the ring and they have to fight to get in the <laughs> ring. Okay. I'm not going to tell you who's on it because there's too many people in it, but it looks okay. an absolute mess. Uh, TNA World Tag Team Title Match. Rashid Lucius Creed and Ron Killings versus AJ Styles and Tomko. So we're still rolling with AJ and Tomko. Oh, Rash- I felt like AJ was climbing the card before, mm. you know, a win over Rhino, but nah, maybe not. Rashid Lucius Creed is Austin uh, Xavier Woods in the ah, okay. WWE. Okay. Uh, X Division title match: Jay Lethal versus Christopher Daniels. Okay. A best two out of three tables tag team match. I feel like we're in WCW ter- territory here. Oh, yeah. Um, Team 3D versus the Steiner brothers. Oh, no, no. Come on. 
I'm sorry, my voice is, I feel like I'm getting more and more ill as we, the, the longer we go on here. It's nothing to do with this card. Um, a TNA women's knockout title gauntlet match. Okay. Awesome Kong, Gail Kidd. There's, there's loads of people in this, in that okay. one. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Christian Cage with special enforcer Matt Morgan. Matt Morgan. Last time we okay. saw him, he was like Maverick Matt or something like that, isn't it? Is that the same guy? I think so, unless I'm making it up. I remember a Matt Morgan from WWE. He was massive. Oh, really? Maybe it's a different guy then. Uh, a monster. Yay, a monster's ball match. Oh, we're back. Okay. Rhino versus Abyss versus okay. Raven versus Black Rain. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and okay. a TNA World Heavyweight title match, Kurt Angle uh, with Karen Angle versus Sting. Okay. So is this where Kurt brought her to work and Jeff realised he fancied a bit of that? Maybe, yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds decidedly mixed. Yeah, there's something. I, I can get excited for a Samoa Joe and Christian in yes. match. Yep. I, I don't hate the idea of the sounds of this uh, LAX in an Ultimate X match. Um, just, uh, for just Hernandez the, being mental. Yeah, I'm, swinging I'm, off I'm, things in that. I'm up for that. Amazing. Quite keen to see how Aj and Tomko are as a team. Um, not happy with a two out of three falls tables match. That, that. <laughs> So 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 uh, Scott Steiner faced Triple H at Royal Rumble. What two thousand three? Was it? No, it must have been two thousand five because we were we watched that, yeah. didn't we? <laughs> He didn't look the most mobile then, so we're two and a half years on. Mm. That'd be interesting. Probably not going to be great. Um, Uh, I've heard Angle talking about working with Scott Steiner as well. Positively? Uh, He he said his his experience of him as a guy was positive. He didn't have a lot of the same issues that other people seem to have had with him, but he did say he wished he'd been able to wrestle the Scott Steiner from, like, you know, the late 80s. The 90s, aye. But yeah, that's yeah, not the same guy that was here then. Oh dear. And Rick Rick Steiner may also be in questionable shape. Yeah, he was. I think he was towards that the end of that WCW run we were watching, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> just no enthusiasm for that. But some of this card will be good, I'm sure. So, have you ever seen the video of Dustin Rhodes? Oh, it was, it's not Black Rain. I'm getting two characters mixed up. Do you remember he was made to be this all-white masked character? Yes. And he came out and he's like, this bullshit gimmick they've given me. Yes. <laughs> That's two different gimmick characters, eh? Yeah. yeah. But I do remember that one. That's <laughs> amazing. He's, he's, yeah. he's like talking about WCW management and all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Poor guy just gets given all these stupid... Daft uh, gimmicks. He's had a lengthy career. He's still going. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is a, a dark tag team match, which is the Motorcycle Machine Guns versus Joey Matthews and Johnny Swinger. No. <laughs> Surprisingly, that's not John Morrison. Which is what it... Johnny Swinger is. <laughs> Joey Matthews. Oh, Joey Matthews is Joey Mercury. <laughs> 
I thought oh, um, okay. it was that wee sort of gimpy uh, commentator guy. He was called something else, Matthews, wasn't he? There's, Josh there's Matthews. Quite, I've just looked up, yeah, I've just looked up Johnny Swinger. Does he look exactly like how you would assume he does? <laughs> but he's got quite the array of uh, of ring names as well. <laughs> Swingman. Why? Johnny Hollywood Swinger. Johnny Paradise. Nice. Johnny Paris. Johnny Swinger. And then just the Swinger. Oh, the Swinger. <laughs> That's just nailing your colours to the mast there. Brilliant. Oh, well, oh. again, hopefully some surprising stuff. I'm really looking forward in a perverse way to watching the reverse battle royal. I've only heard stuff about it. It sounds yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, how that starts is going to dictate how many notes that I take for that match. <laughs> that that feels like <laughs> that feels like Kevin Nash will be in commentary for it, doesn't it? Oh, God. Probably. <laughs> you know, I was the innovator of the reverse battle royal. <laughs> he needs, a, like, a glass of red wine sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <sighs> well, good things. At least we're watching 30 Days at Night. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I've not seen that for a long time. Amazing. And if we could get Conan in every... Imagine a world where we could AI Conan making these passionate speeches about Mexican people in every film we watch. Oh. oh. It would work for a lot of the films. I definitely would. Yeah. We need a 28... Days film set like on the border, Texas border or something like yeah. that. And he's got yeah. a, mi- a microphone, megaphone shouting at the American people. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it writes itself. It does. Have you ever listened to um, Disco Inferno and, and Conan on, you know, they've got a pot, is it keeping it 100 yeah. or something like that? I've, I've not, no, no. It, uh, it'll shatter your dreams because. Um, he sounds so laid back that, like, you would swear he's lying oh. down recording for his bed. I'll, uh, I'll maybe avoid listening until I've finished this LEX journey, um, just so that I'm not ruining it. I think he maybe still has something to do with AAA in Mexico. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think he's still considered like quite a gateway for getting some of the Mexican wrestlers into. Right. Some of the well, the two big American companies, I think. Right, I think I heard them uh, recently, sort of defending. I think Alberto El Patron or Del Rio or whatever. Right, I think he maybe he wrestled on a Triple A card and he was getting shit for it, and he was just like, he, he, like there was no sort of PC reply. He was just like, people got a problem with them, <laughs> fuck them, sort yeah. of thing. Okay. Uh, anyway, okay, that was good. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take it on. We shall um, get back onto the the road and get back onto the bound for glory road, as it were. Nice. And speaking, I'm glad we took the little the little uh, segue uh, that that made a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, and it was worth it. Track. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. Arriba la raza. See you in two weeks. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>